0: Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Membership. In today's episode, I'm talking with Anna Geiger from The Measured Mom, a site that provides valuable resources and principles for teachers. While Anna's membership is still less than two years old, she's actually been serving her audience for years before this, initially completely for free as a way to scratch the creative itch while at home with her young children. And after monetizing the site for several years through advertising revenue and selling individual resources, Anna then decided to move to a membership model. Anna has spent a lot of time building up her audience with millions of site visits per month and hundreds of thousands of people on her email list and the membership has given her much more stability in her income and freedom while also allowing her to employ other mums and teachers as part of her team too. But let's hear that story from Anna herself now.
1: Welcome to Behind the Membership with Callie Willows. Real people, real stories, real memberships.
0: My guest today is Anna Geiger from The Measured Mom. Welcome to the show, Anna. I am really looking forward to talking with you all about your membership.
2: Thank you. It's really exciting to be here.
0: And so if we dive straight in then, can you start by telling us a little bit about The Measured Mom and your membership? Like, what is it? Who is it for? All that kind of good stuff.
2: Sure. So I started my, my website as a blog about eight and a half years ago, and it was basically intended to be a way to... Record the things I was doing with my younger kids because I felt like I wasn't being as proactive as I had been with their older siblings because our family was growing and getting busier. And then pretty quickly, it turned into a resource for teachers because I am a former teacher and have my master's in education. And it's just kind of grown from there. So now oh, it was about um, almost two years ago that I started thinking about doing a membership Um as just a way to have recurring revenue and to give me a way to create a huge variety of things instead of creating never-ending products. Um, Because a lot of people sell on Teachers Pay Teachers, which I do, and I have a blog shop, but I find it really exhausting to create big products because it can take me like a whole month. And I, I just like to think about all different things. So I thought with a membership, I could create a huge variety of printables every month instead of being tied to one thing. And that could kind of replace the income that I would get from constantly creating new products.
0: So are these printables that uh, teachers would use in the classroom and give to like, um, excuse my ignorance here, but is it things like exercise worksheets, that kind of thing that you would do with children?
2: Yeah, it's it's a big variety. Not many worksheets, mostly games, um, like reading passages, okay. centers, task cards. So mostly hands-on and more higher level thinking activities. Awesome. So the idea is teachers can... Join, download the, the items that they need,
0: use them in the classroom and, and then come back for more essentially.
2: <laughs> yeah. It was a way to, when I was thinking about what it would involve, I was explaining it to my husband because I was trying to figure out what to name it. And uh, he was saying, well, tell me what it's going to be. And I said, well, it's just going to be more of what's on the main site, like more, more printables, more trainings, like video trainings for me. Just more good stuff. And he said, well, then it sounds like you should call it the Measured Mom Plus. This was actually before Disney came out with Disney Plus. <laughs> so <laughs> that, we heard about that pretty soon after. But anyway, so that's um that's where the name came from. Awesome. And so when you did first start the website,
0: what was the the reasoning behind that? What was inspired you to, to
2: start creating these in the first place? Um so so when I first started. So our family had spent a semester in Hong Kong. My husband was teaching over there and I had a private family blog just that our friends could see of our kids. And um, I found out that I really liked blogging. I've always enjoyed writing. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll try this. I never really, at the beginning, I didn't have any intention of earning money from it. It was just kind of a fun thing to do. And then- Uh, I really, really enjoy creating printables. Like as a teacher, I loved that. So when I realized I could make some and put them online and people were excited about it, I was really surprised. The first ones were really, really bad, but people liked them, they were free. And I actually didn't sell anything for about two years. I didn't, the only money I made was from ad revenue. And then um, my site grew pretty rapidly. Um, And I think because it was the days when Pinterest was all the rage, you know, it was new. Um, Facebook was still showing your stuff to everybody. And I was pretty unusual in that everything I gave away for free. And I like, I enjoyed it. So for me, it was like a break from the demands of raising little kids. So um, when I started the website, we had four kids, five and under, and then two more kids were born. So now our kids are ages five to th- 14. But at the time, I mean, I was in the, I was in the, the, um, the, the hard years for a while. And it was really just kind of my escape. It was just this night, nice, orderly part of my life that you know, parenting little kids isn't. Um, so I just really enjoyed it for a long time and it was really my, my escape sort of (laughs) from just everyday life. And, but it became a business after a few more years. And then, um, I started seeing a little, a little bit differently. And now that my youngest will be in school next year, at least part-time, I'll be able to focus and focus on it in a different way too.
0: So, So, It sounds like this has been kind of quite a a long process for you. So when did you first start the the blog? And then when did you start essentially selling products on the membership?
2: Yeah, so I started the website in 2013, January. Um, I didn't start selling anything at all until 2015. And then I started the membership in 2019 in the fall. And I actually had been very against the idea of a membership at all, because I thought there's no way I can keep up with with um, supplying monthly content. I liked that I could just do what I wanted when I wanted. And it was also nice when I was having babies that I could just take, you know, just live off the ad revenue or the passive um, income that I was getting. Um, But, oh, I just, I have that shiny object syndrome. So (laughs) I joined all the courses. I'm trying to get out of that now, but, oh, there was the the big course out there that everybody knows about where you can join and to learn how to um, build a membership. So I did join that. Um, It was very good for like getting you excited about it and getting big picture. And since I, you know, I decided I was just going to do this. So I went through all the stuff in the course, but um, once I needed anything specific, like what do I do with member press? You know, how do I get, that's when I found the membership guys. And I think I signed up for one month just to get access to your course on member press. And then very quickly, I decided I wanted to use memberoni theme. And and I used a lot of your resources in those early days, especially to get me started. So then I, so now I'm a, I'm sure I'm a lifer. (laughs) But that was a huge help to me, just getting started. And when I had problems and would ask in the forums, you and Mike were always really quick to help. And that was really important to me at the beginning as I tried to figure it all out because it was a big learning curve.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I can imagine. And I'm glad to have been part of the journey and be able to help. Are you still providing other products and services as well or is it just the membership now?
2: Yeah. So it's interesting because when I started the membership, I thought this is going to be my new focus. Like I'm going to plan everything around the membership. The content in the membership is what's going to drive what I do. And then um, everything else will just be supplementary. I probably won't blog much, stuff like that. And I've actually kind of taken a turn completely around from that in the last maybe six months, just reanalyzing what I want to do. Like um, I've really this is a little technical, so I won't make it too boring, but I've taken a pivot into how I approach teaching reading, which is a lot of what I talk about, from a balanced literacy to a structured literacy approach. And because of that, I feel that this is something I need to focus on and I, and I like focusing on it. So I've kind of shifted like in the last six months to my focus being kind of a, um, a resource for that type of teaching. And so like in the last six months, I've done a lot of Facebook Lives. I've done... Um, A lot. I just did a web. We're we're launching a course right now, um, which we already had, but we just had to completely revise it. I'm still doing that to to go with the new um, the new the the way of teaching that aligns more with the research, basically. And I've just really enjoyed that. Like, so becoming an expert in that area has been really fun. And I've kind of found too that was surprising to me, but maybe I just should have known this. That most people. Don't want to join a membership like they like the people that join the membership are kind of like my super fans and and there's plenty of them and I do really well with it but a lot of people just want to buy something they're like even if they'd let, they'd rather buy something that costs more than the monthly price of the membership which is very inexpensive at least right now than pay for a month of membership and download it for free like it's that's very interesting to me um, I'm not sure why that is and I don't know what I can do to change that or if I need need to try but um, it helped me see that I don't need to be Putting all my attention on getting people to join, I need to also think about other ways for them to get content and to make sure that I'm accomplishing two things with one task. So that's that's another thing I'm thinking about. Like one thing I do, one time I'll do this summer probably is take a whole bunch of membership content on a theme, bundle it up for sale. So taking all the work I've been doing for the last almost two years and start um, monetizing it in another way. I've also thought about doing live webinars that are free, but then taking those webinars and making those go directly in the membership, but not saving the replay for other people. So just accomplishing two things at once. Um, That was probably a lot of rambling. I do that, but did I answer your question? (laughs)
0: No, I think that's great. And I think especially when you get to, you know, you've been going a few years now, you've got a lot of content in the, member, in the membership, being able to, as you say, kind of have that content do double duty essentially. And, and yes, it's in the membership, but you can also use it for other products. You're essentially repurposing it um, a bit yes. like people do with free content. And, and yeah, I think that can be a great way to kind of boost, boost sales, boost revenue. And as you say, reach those people who don't necessarily want a membership, but they'll happily buy a one-off product or something like that from you as well. Yep. And I'd love to know actually, obviously we're filming this in in May. So we're kind of hopefully fingers crossed in the tail end of of the pandemic now. <laughs> um, you know, things are just starting to open up a little bit here in the UK. So did you find that actually that was a, a boost for your website for the membership? Because more teachers, more homeschoolers, I would imagine, needing extra resources.
2: Yeah, and no, I can't remember. So this is embarrassing, but just recently I started tracking membership data, like you know, churn rate and stuff like that. I just couldn't do it the first year. Um, so I don't remember, I'd have to look it up how much it grew in that first March, but it was my biggest traffic to my website ever. Um, I'd been hovering under 2 million monthly page views for years. And I jumped over it to like 2.4 that month, which had never happened. And I, I know that more people joined the membership. Now Based, like how many of them stayed, that's hard to know. Um, but it definitely got more interest. So yeah, hard to say how much that went with the membership, but definitely people found my website. And, and I, I got my website completely redesigned last summer. And I'm really glad I waited to do that because the previous redesign was five years before. But I wanted to wait till I pretty much had all my systems in place. Like I have two courses, I have the membership, I started Facebook groups, I have I feel like I'm forgetting the podcast. So I had all the things that I planned on creating. So I wanted to build the, the, um, the site around those things. And so my designer created custom blocks for me in WordPress that promote the membership and I can put whatever I want, like, like this, you'll love this or that in the membership. And I basically went through eight years of content all summer long with my team and we just updated everything so that the membership was kind of front and center. So, I mean, we probably get like a hundred new members a month ish without promoting anything without mentioning it at all. Um, when I do, I do try to have some promotions here and there, but I also don't want to be over promoting things. So like I might rather promote something that's unrelated to the membership than sneak in another membership promo. Yeah. So I I'd like to have a better plan for that. Um, but I'm just not quite there yet. <laughs>
0: But I mean, that sounds like a a great base. And as you say, it makes sense to have that website that is built specifically for everything you're offering rather than adding bits in piecemeal kind of as you create them. Right. And so you mentioned your team there. So
2: who actually do you have helping you with the the membership and the business? Yeah. So that changed a lot last year. Um, I've had a few people working for me for about how many years, four or five years, but last year I, I took this, uh, took a course um, It was another type of membership all about um, basically training a team. And that was really helpful to me because I didn't really know how to do it. And it was it was called Empowered CEO. So it was about how to be, be a CEO of your business versus a manager, which I'm still learning how to do this. But um, so now I have, I have a team of including me, there's seven of us. They're all moms, former teachers. So um, they all have the education background that I'm looking for. And up until maybe, boy, how many months has it been? I think maybe the end of 2020, I was creating 100% of the membership content myself. And I thought, oh, I can never ever let somebody else do it. I could never do that. That's why people join because they like what I make. Um, And then I found out that in in some instances, that's true. Like I'm not ready to give, I don't wanna give up everything. Like there are some things that are hard to make, like decodable reading passages, very hard. I don't wanna just give that to anybody. But I have a team member who just is amazing at writing hilarious um, partner plays. So she's kind of taken over a lot of that. And we we just recently set up a system where I work with one of my team members and every month we talk on the uh, on chat and then we, we make a list of all the printables that are gonna be done for that month. So we offer a lot. We offer like 20 new printables every month. We offer four, at least four no print resources that people can use on Google Slides or something like that. We offer interactive read-alouds and there's even more stuff, but it's a lot. And so um, she and I get it all started. And then like, I could start something, like I could make one task card and then she could give it to somebody else. So I can just show people, this is what I want it to look like. Now you do the rest. And we've got it all kind of set up. So she tags me when I'm ready to look at something and say, it's okay. So I usually save like a day every two weeks to just go in and do the next check mark on all this stuff. So this is a new process for us, but it's made it possible for me to update our course, which i never could, could have found time to do. Like last year when I was doing all the membership content myself, I wrote like maybe three blog posts. And this year I've written like 10 and they've gotten a lot of good attention. So it's good to figure out how to get people to help. <laughs> yeah. I also I have, that. I I, what's that? I
0: was just saying, I love that. And I love that your, your, your team members are, as you said, their they're moms, their teachers as well. So it's kind of still keeping that the, the same feel as well. It's not bringing in uh, a bunch of people who maybe don't understand that audience that you're, you're aiming for.
2: Yes. And I also this year, uh, just in the last few months after taking that, that business course, I learned how to kind of assign roles in my business. So one person is the membership coordinator. So she, um, so we, we started sending um, postcards to all of our new members and she runs that. So she assigns them to people. We have a, we have a, a table so that if people send a reply and introduce themselves, we actually put that information there so they can refer to it when they send the postcard. Um, she, she replies to emails in terms of billing issues. So we're getting a pretty good system now. So that it's not like my number one, only thing I get to do.
0: Awesome. And so with all of that, then what would you say has been your biggest challenge with the membership since you launched
2: it? Well, keeping up with the content creation is still challenging. Um, As soon as I'm done redoing this course, which is an incredibly huge project, but should be done in the middle of June, I'm planning to work with my team to get ahead. And I know we can. So if if we just work on that for a few months, we could get, I'm I'm optimistic, we could get like six months ahead in content. And once that is done, I would just be able to breathe more easily. So I would say that's a big challenge. Um, The other challenge, other challenges I just have chosen not to focus on because I don't have time (laughs) because I still have a little guy at home and I'm got a busy family. So things like, you know, trying to figure out how to keep people from leaving so quickly, you know, it's, it's hard to know. I mean, when I look at my, my stats every month, it seems like a lot of people are leaving, but it's a 5% churn rate, which I feel is, I guess. Okay. Yeah, Um, Yeah. So I have that one team member. She, she calculates that for us every month. Once I showed her how and that's really good because you can look at it and see, oh, like 150 people leaving. But then to find out, what's well, only five, 95% of people stayed? Like that's very encouraging. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of things I could do to improve that. I'm just not ready. I'd like to have a better member sequence, email sequence. I don't really have something like that right now. Um, I'm sure there's more I could do, but I have a family, so I have to, uh, a busy family, so I have to not let myself work too much, which is always hard for me. <laughs> yeah,
0: And and yeah, I would say 5% churn is really good. But it, it is that interesting mindset thing, because as you say, if you look at the number of people leaving, especially at, when you're at the larger member numbers, then that 5% can be a large number of members. So you look at that amount and you're like, you're like oh, that's a little bit scary. But then when you realize that percentage, it's like, okay, so that's, <laughs> that, that's not too bad then.
2: Yeah. And I think also like just accepting that it's not for everybody, that can be hard. I can be a little hard at first because I, like, I do my very best work. I think it's really high quality. Um, also concerns about pricing. Like, what's the right price? Sh- can I raise the price? Like, it's only ten ninety nine right now, American f- per month, which is very very cheap for what they yeah. get because it includes everything for my website with one click, like no signing up for email or everything. Plus, you know, hundreds of extra things that we've added over the last year and a half. So I'd like to raise the price. It's hard to know, like. Well, that make a difference, you know, because honestly, if it's only 1099 a month, you would think a lot more people have joined, but they, you know, it's fine, I'm doing fine with it, but it's not a huge amount of people. So will raising it to $14.99 a month really make a difference with the same people that were going to pay $10.99? I don't know. What are your thoughts on that?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would always say that something like that, where it's like, if somebody's going to pay $10.99, they'll most likely pay $14.99. It's not a big enough difference for somebody to be like, oh, well, those $4 mean I'm I'm not going to join now. So I think if if the the price increases, the difference between $10.99 and $14.99, then- (laughs) go for it you know you've got nothing to to lose exactly by trying that and I also think as well as you say if it's been that 1099 for a while now and you've you've added so much to it then then yeah it, it's time for that price rise
2: <laughs> yeah we'll think about that that'll be a big promotion in the fall if we do that yes. but I do want to make sure things are settled down in the world before I consider that yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and you know fingers crossed by the autumn things will be be quite different and actually speaking so. of that, Do you have a seasonal element to the business? Because obviously with school times and things like that, do you find that you have kind of that summer lull?
2: Yes, that is for sure. And um, so last year, I guess I've only had one summer with the business so far, with the membership. Um, Yes, we had like a loss in terms of members, at least one of the months, or maybe it was December that I'm thinking of. December is a bad month for the membership. I mean, it's fine, but... Like we have negative, like negative two or something, um, but people don't. I mean, don't typically join in the summer, and a lot of people just leave. So that's why I try to encourage people to pay for the year. I need to have more promotions like that. Um, so I just, I just try not to worry about it because <laughs> it can be a little upsetting to look at it. But August and September is my biggest month for, for the whole webs for my whole business always. So that makes up for it, and I also just. I kind of just like to let myself not be stressed about it in the summer because all six kids are home. Four of our kids are really loud boys. Like it's just crazy around here. I can't do a lot of hard thinking in the summer. So it's a good time for me to work ahead on content. That's not hard to think through but it's not a really a good time to be strategizing about things.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's fine. Like I know we've got other members with teaching membership sites. And it is that case of they know the summer's going to be quieter. And that's fine because they know that then they're going to get that boost just before school starts again. So it's not a case of, oh no, this month's really bad. That's the start of a downward spiral, which many people might have if they have that kind of lower month. You've kind of got that reassurance there that things will pick back up again next month when when schools come back and stuff like that. So it's a little bit easier to to just be like, you know what, it doesn't matter.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because every year I've been doing this, like every year, the summer numbers are so bad. Like my, my real-time visitors on my website are so low. And every summer I think, oh, this is really bad. Am I really gonna get better in the fall? And it always picks up, but summer is pretty depressing if you think about it. So I just try not to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll move on from that topic then. <laughs> um, so what's been
0: your favorite thing about having a membership or, or what's the highlight for you of having it in the business?
2: I just love being creative. And I like that I can just do little bits of all the things I like to do. So um, I don't wanna sit and write 50 reading passages to put in my shop because I only sell big bundles, everything that's little I give away. I would never sell like five passages or something. So I like that I can do that, that I can just write one reading passage and people will like it and it'll go in the membership or that I can do one game for teaching adverbs or and I don't have to create you know, 25 parts of speech things all at once. It's just a really good outlet for my creativity which I love. Um, And I really like the recurring revenue. I mean, that's nice, (laughs) Um, especially now that it's pretty substantial. So um, just when I'm doing my income report every month, just to the number that's coming in from Stripe every month is like, wow, really? Like, you know, and I don't feel like, I mean, it doesn't feel like I had to work that hard for it um, compared to doing like a big launch. Um, That was another reason that I was really drawn to you and Mike because you don't promote um, open shut launches, which is pretty much everywhere else that I find. And I, so I'm doing a launch right now and it's so exhausting. I I don't enjoy doing them them at all. And it's just for our course. We tried last year to have it closed. We hardly sold any because we didn't ever, we didn't do much pushing for it, right? Uh, We just let it sit there. Um, And I think this is really important to do for our course, but I can't imagine doing that for the membership. I just, I didn't sleep last night. I've been sick this week. Like it just wipes me right out. And I just, I just really love that if people need it, they can go get it. And maybe I would make more if I did open shut, but I couldn't get those people back until the next time I open. But I do notice that, I don't know, I, I cannot off the top of my head think of any, maybe one education membership of the blogging people that I know that's open all the time besides me. Oh, wow. I really, I can't think of one. maybe there is one, but there, there probably are. And if they're listening to this podcast, they can reach out to me because I'd <laughs> love to know who they are, but I, I don't see them. So I don't know. I don't know if it's smart or not, but, um, it's easier for me and that's important.
0: And so with the, the membership content, do you have a set amount of content that you're promising to people each month? Or is it more like what you said there, where you can, you can just create something and put it in the membership as you feel kind of called to essentially.
2: Yeah, there is kind of a guarantee. I'm, it's a little tricky because I would like to back off on that a little bit because I can't quite keep up. Interestingly, when we started, it was, um, so like 15 minimum printables. And because the membership is for pre-K through third grade, I felt that was important so that every grade level would have about five, you know, because they're grouped by two or three grades together. So I felt I need to have at least 15 and it's always more, it's usually like 22 or something. And then I, I promised at the very beginning that I would have trainings every month, videos. And then I would have um, interactive read-aloud guides, like so a picture books on a theme and questions you could ask. So that's what I started with. And then I created these bonus packs, which are huge. Um, there's um, five of them every month for different grade levels based on the season. So like in December, it's five different packs, one for each of the grades that we have based on like a, a winter type theme. And I created those because I wanted that to be an incentive for people to join. I don't sell them separately, they're not technically included in the membership, they're a bonus. So I would offer them at the end of the month and say, Hey, if you join by you know December 6th, you get the December bonus packs. I'm not sure if that was smart or not, because some people join just because of the bonus packs and they, I'm trying to explain to people that these are a bonus, like, you don't promise these, these are just extra like, well, are you sending bonus packs for the summer? No. <laughs> like, So I don't know, but it does, it gives me something to talk about with a membership. So sometimes at the end of the month, I put in my subscriber library, a sample and inside of it, it says, join the membership. You get the whole thing. This freebie is only available till whatever. So those sort of became membership content, even though it's not really my intent. One thing I do do is if people join for the whole year, they get access to all the bonus packs anytime they want. Otherwise they have to get a password and I only release them monthly, but they're the same ones from year to year. So um, what happened when COVID happened was that I had people wanted no print resources. So, you know, now that I think back to that, yeah. Now that I think back to that, my website business went really well during COVID in terms of ad revenue, but I would say membership, maybe not so much because people wanted no print and I did not have that. So that forced me to learn how to do it. Um, and so now every month we add four no print resources as well, which I did not have at the very beginning. So now like unintentionally what I offer every month is increased, which is kind of exhausting. Um, I've, I've backed off the videos. I don't offer them as much anymore. I, I was upfront with people because I found out most people weren't watching them. That's not what they were joining for. They were joining for basically a one-stop shop if they need to go get something for teaching a particular skill. They like can just go there, look at all the stuff I have and download it. And that's, that's kind of what I've created it to be. We don't really have much of a member community. We don't really, we have a Facebook group, but people don't really interact there and I don't push it. So it seems to be fine. Is that group
0: just for, for the members? So it's kind of, they can ask questions, things like that.
2: Yeah, I, I did create some uh, some regular Facebook groups this fall for different grade levels. And I, I really need to use those more to promote the membership because the membership group is very small. It's, I don't know. I don't even know what it is. Under a thousand people, like I don't do anything in there. Our, my other groups are really big and honestly too big sometimes because uh, you know, they just run away from you. They probably don't some of them, many of them don't even know who I am, but I can't focus on that right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of my things I want to work on too. So yeah, the, the, it is, there is a special group, but I don't have somebody going in and cross-checking everyone that's leaving the membership and taking them out of the Facebook group. Like that just does not feel worth my time. So it's hard to say how valuable it is. I don't know.
0: Yeah. And I I do think like speaking with other teachers in the academy, whilst community can be great for memberships, there are certain memberships, certain ordinances, certain types of memberships where it's it, it's nice as a peripheral, but it's not the kind of be all end all. And teaching is one of those where a lot of the time teachers in particular, they're time stressed. They don't mm-hmm. necessarily want to spend a lot of time in a community and things. They are, as you say, there to get the resources to save them time, essentially. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I've thought of doing like, I'm not ready to do this yet, but I've thought of offering maybe a book club, like a zoom book club a couple times a year with members. I maybe just feel out to see if people are even interested. And then I might, cause I would enjoy doing that, but I need a little more time And the evenings when teachers can talk is when all my kids are home. So I'm a little tricky. It's a little tricky.
0: <laughs> yeah. A little bit trickier. And so do you actually do anything live in the membership at the minute or is it, is it just the the downloadable resources essentially?
2: Nothing live right now. So um, we did do a webinar this week in the evening for our online course. So I do this with the person I create the course with. It's a, a, two of us work together to do it, and it's always worth it, but it is always exhausting. Um, just yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking that I would maybe like to do like one a quarter just for the just for everybody that's just by just me just some topic, and then that would be the promotion at the end would be the membership. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking through that. I'll talk through my team with it, and I'm thinking if it's just me and it's not this big pressure to sell this course, that it will be less stress. I'm hoping, but I'm not ready yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so when it comes to marketing and people finding you, then um, you mentioned before kind of millions of visitors to the website. Is that just through search,
2: or, or how are people actually coming across your your content in the first place? Yeah. So boy, I don't track these things well at all, but. I think the last time I checked, Google is at least 50% of site traffic. So, I mean, because I've been doing it for so long and I don't know, I really don't understand SEO that much, but I must've done something right at some point because a lot of people search for things and find my website. It's also gotten, I don't know for sure, but uh, I think it's pretty well known among a lot of teachers because there's so much free stuff and that's kind of unusual to have quality free stuff. Um, there aren't too many people that do that. There are some, but not many. So I think that has given me a wider audience and I have a pretty large email list. So it's, I keep deleting because I don't want to pay more, but it's, it's always hovers around 300,000. Oh, wow. Um, and then every month I delete like 30,000 people (laughs) that don't open their stuff. So it's been under that number for a long time. Um, but so I, I market to my audience, but You know, when you consider how big my email list is and how many people join the membership, it's minuscule. So that's fine. I mean, a lot of people just join to get free ideas, but um, that's my main way to market is just talk to people in email, and then people just find me, I guess.
0: And so you mentioned near the start of the interview that initially you were just kind of blogging, giving stuff away for free before you started the membership or selling any products. So actually, because your audience at that time had been so used to everything being free, did you get a lot of kickback when you, when you introduced the paid offers?
2: No, I didn't. That's interesting. Um, it's been a long time, uh, thinking back to that. I hardly remember, but, um, no, it's pretty rare that I have somebody complain about me charging for things. Um, if they do, I just unsubscribe them <laughs> um, just cause I don't, I don't want to, yeah, there, I mean, there are some people that are rather entitled, but for the most part, no. And I think it's just become so common now that most teacher websites, when they give away something free it's a small sample of something bigger, right? That they want you to buy, yeah. which is totally fine to do. And that's probably what I'll be doing more in the future if I give away printables, but that's not what I did for years and years and years. So I think people really appreciate that. Um, I'm not saying if I went back I'd do it the same way again but at the same time it's created a lot of goodwill. Awesome. So that brings me
0: nicely to my next question actually which is is there anything you do wish you'd you'd known earlier or that you'd do differently if you started again?
2: Well, it's so hard to say because um when I started life was just um hard. <laughs> so I had so many little kids and I was pregnant twice during the during the um beginning years and uh that was hard being pregnant in my late thirties and had really big babies, huge. And it was very painful to be pregnant and there's just a lot going on. So I was just trying to survive every day. So I don't know if I had it in me to be more strategic, but one thing I do remember is that at the very beginning, I was like, who has time for a newsletter? I don't have time for a newsletter, which was of course the worst mistake ever, because that's the most important thing you need to do. I had feed burner and I, I didn't even send anything to people. Um, And I, I worked way too hard at the beginning, way too hard. But it's hard to say if I would do it differently because God has really blessed it and the business business does really well. I'm very, very thankful. I never, ever, ever, ever expected it to be where it is today. And it's just really fun.
0: So. So speaking to that, what impact would you say the membership
2: has had on your life overall? For me, it is very comforting just to have that cushion of recurring revenue and to see it go up every month is very satisfying. Um, like I said, it gives me that creative outlet, which is really important for me. Um, and it has also been really fun to add on to my team and to be able to give something to these, um, you know, 30 something moms who also would like to use their creativity. So it's been really fun for them to be able to create things. Some of their stuff they create is much better than what I would make. And I think that's important. I mean it's I'm helping their families because I mean they're getting a little money, but it's giving mom an outlet and making her probably um, more happy and just in general. <laughs> Unless that's that's what it does for me. Yeah. And
0: so as we start to wrap up then, I would love to know what are your your goals for the membership? Where where would you like this to to be in 12 months or two years or what's kind of the the end game for you with the membership?
2: Well, my goal is always to add new members. So every year we have a goal. And I just told my team recently that when we reach a certain number, my plan is to take all the ads off the main website. Um, Because when I got my redesign done, I took off some of the prominent ads and our revenue went way down, but I wasn't willing to put them back on. So what we're making on ads now isn't substantial, but it's still hard to let go of. But once we reach a certain number, I'm going to get rid of those. And I can't wait because that'll be amazing. But that's probably at least a good year and a half away. And... I look forward to having the membership be more organized and automatized. So I get to do what I want to do, but it doesn't have to be the thing I think about all the time. And I'm I'm very close to being there. So that's where I'm going with membership. Awesome.
0: So with the advertising that you mentioned there, is that um, things like Google ads that are just automatically inserted around the site or is that you're getting
2: essentially paid sponsors, specific advertisers on board? Yeah, I've never had paid sponsors. It's all through an ad agency um, called Ad Thrive. And, uh, yeah, it's fine, but I've always been pretty, um, pretty adamant that I'm not putting ads in my blog posts except on mobile. So that automatically automatically takes way down what I can earn from ads. And I took them out of my header and I really hate the sticky footer, but (laughs) I kept it because it's a good uh, revenue booster. But, um, yeah, I, I think the more I have more things to offer, I don't want people's attention going somewhere else. And I really, really like having a website that's beautiful and easy and fun to be at. Awesome.
0: And so last question then, if someone is thinking of starting a membership or maybe they've just started a membership, what one tip would you give them? Oh,
2: that's a really good question. I would think about how you can get help from the beginning, like make a plan for how someone is going to help you not let this take over your life and maybe give yourself a timeline. So the first thing I would do is get somebody to help you with customer service, because that is not something you need to be doing. And that can be very stressful. And then I would consider who can help you create content and who can help you have a system. Those are the things I think that I would go back and change if I could. Something I like that. And
0: yeah, I think that that being able to hand customer service off easily definitely allows you to free up a lot of brain space, for want of a better word, for for focusing on actually the membership itself rather than than customer issues and things. Yes, for sure. Um, Well, thank you so much for talking with me. It's great to hear about the the Measured Mom. And so if people want to check out the website or they want to find out more about you, where's the best place for them to do that?
2: Yeah, so they can uh, visit themeasuredmom.com. There's a link there to the membership. They could actually look around a little bit until you're prompted to log in. Um, And if anyone wants to talk to me personally, they can send an email to our support email, which is hello at themeasuredmom.com. And I answer everything that comes my way.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for talking with me today, Anna. It's been an absolute pleasure. I love how you've been able to, to grow your membership
2: so far. And I'm really looking forward to continuing to see it grow. Thank you. It's been fun. And I thank you guys for all the help you've given. It's been a game changer. Thank you once again to Anna and thank you for
0: listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you'd like to connect with Anna or see her work, then head over to the slash btm48 where you can find all her info as well as the show notes and transcript for this episode. That's it from me for this episode though. Don't forget to hit subscribe to be the first to know when next week's episode is released and maybe drop me a little review while you're there if you could be so kind. Although only if it's going to be a nice one, please. That's it from me for this time, though. See you next week.
1: If you enjoyed this week's episode, we invite you to check out membershipacademy.com. The Membership Academy is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, growing, and running a membership website. Whether you're still trying to figure out what your idea is going to be, or whether your website is already up and running and you're just looking for ways to grow it and attract new members, then the Membership Academy can help you to get to the next level. With our extensive course library, monthly training, exclusive member-only discount perks and tools, and a supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback, encouragement and advice, the Membership Academy is the perfect place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow a successful membership website. Check it out at membershipacademy.com.